Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. I am once again joined by at Aaron Wilcox 86. And tonight we're going to be covering the 2024 uh, wide receiver class. We touched on the running backs and the QBs in the last pod, and uh, I, I I got us back within a week. I, I did pretty pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, we seem to have lost our uh, third co-host uh, at Duchesne's underscore. Uh, he kind of uh, I guess he he did a big retirement speech on air uh, yesterday <laughs> on his pod, and so it looks like he's going to be kind of stepping away from content creation for at least for a little bit. But uh, luckily, we still have Aaron here. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm making strides here, baby. So <laughs> we're, we're doing pretty good. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot of exciting uh, players to talk about. Uh, we're, we're also going to touch on the tight ends, I guess. Uh, you know, Aaron can probably talk a little bit more about that than I, than I will. I don't really, uh, I don't really do tight ends until we get, uh, until we get into like actual rookie drafts and stuff like that. But first and foremost, how are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing well. And I, I guess who does do tight ends, right? <laughs> just unfortunately just not uh so heralded um as far as prospect scouting and they just don't get the attention they need and um well i it's very understandable but i am doing well to answer your question john excited to talk about these 2024 wide receivers and maybe just a couple tight ends awesome well let's go ahead and start it off with a little bit of news um i'm sure a lot of the debbie fans have already heard or seen on twitter or whatever uh but we actually finally have a landing spot for jordan addison uh obviously not a 2024 wide receiver but there are some 2024 repercussions because of it uh but what do you think of the landing spot and are you just happy that the the roller coaster is over at this point (laughs) yeah i'm super excited that that this train has landed or yeah, I mean, getting a landing spot for him, I mean, that's huge. And I think it's a great move for USC, good move for him as well. I mean, he was going to probably get first-round draft capital if he stayed, if he went. But I also am a fan of Caleb Williams, quarterback at USC. So I think that helps him out to have this reliable weapon come in. I don't oh, yeah. think it – yeah. And so we can talk about that um, if we talk about a USC wide receiver here coming up. Uh, we could talk about that landing spot a bit more. But, yeah, it's exciting. I, I definitely think we will be talking about that. Um, you know, we had heard everything from Alabama in the beginning to uh, Texas. And it really seemed like he was going to Texas and that he was going to end up there. I think we even touched on, on it last week. Um, or at least I'd mentioned, like, I, I'd heard a lot about him going to Texas. And, and so – it kind of uh, kind of helps and hurts, or at the very least, affects multiple players here. And let's go ahead and start off with the first one that it probably affects at least a little bit, uh, but probably in a good way. And it's it's the first wide receiver off the board in the class. Um, I have him extremely high, but I want to hear where how you have him and and uh, how you have him ranked. Uh, we're talking about, of course, Xavier Worthy. Oh, of course, uh, no Xavier Worthy's a great great player and. What he did as a freshman was pretty special. So he came in as a high four star and, you know, a top 10 ish uh, player in the composite. And though he had kind of a weird recruitment story, he was originally going to enroll at Michigan. And I'm so glad he didn't. I'm glad that things have turned out the way that they have for Xavier Worthy. And, 
yeah, I mean, he was really the only freshman to blow up as far as major power five um, players are concerned. So, and he's fast too. So he has the athleticism you want to see. He has the early production, the early breakout age. He has the quarterback, which we touched on. So listen to our show that we just put out about the quarterbacks and running backs. If you want to hear more about the quarterback situation there. So, yeah, Addison not landing there. Uh, you have to boost Worthy a little bit if you were discounting him at all um, in fear of having an Addison or somebody like that land there. So for me, I guess it didn't move. I already had him at wide receiver one. He stays. But uh, how about for you? It sounds like you're very high on Xavier Worthy. I am. I actually have in this. This might be crazy. I really haven't like talked to too many people about their rankings and everything. So I have him as my number two overall wide receiver in Devi. Um, I love me some Xavier Worthy. I get it. I've looked at other players. I've looked, you know, I've looked at a lot of these profiles, like like a David Bell, a Rondell Moore, Justin Ross, so on and so forth. These players that have hit big in their freshman season and then you know maybe fallen off a little bit after that. Uh, not so much David Bell, but um, but regardless, like they didn't do what he did at least you know they they he had the high yards perception he had you know he had almost a thousand yards as a true freshman but the most important thing to me is the next closest wide receiver on that team had 377 yards like not even remotely close to him he was that offense and now he gets a qb upgrade um obviously anything can happen but i just don't see why he wouldn't continue rising you know it just seems you know like that like I said, like it, it would take like an injury or something that can happen to anybody, uh, you know, at least there. And then real quick, Toronto David asked if Quentin Johnston was in the 24 class. He is not. He is in the 23 class, um, unless I'm incorrect there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, are, is that way too high for Worthy or are you, uh, or, or, you know, am I insane? No, you are good, John. And I mean, I almost have him that high. I think I have him at wide receiver three. Uh, he's very close to Addison, actually. But JSN. And even Boutte right now are ahead. But if, I mean, if Boutte doesn't get back on the field here soon, then going to be propping up Worthy. And in C2C leagues, you get that extra year of production from Worthy too. And like you said, I mean, he's accounting for a large share of that offense. So if the offense takes a step up, even if he takes a step back slightly with his target share and some of those metrics, he's still going to be a very, very good producer for your C2C team. Yeah, and I mean, being that he's really the only one that's actually done anything so far, I mean, it's very easy to rank him here at one, you know, in the class. And um, I don't think you can really make a claim for anyone else, even though there are some other exciting prospects there. Um, but getting into the next tier, because I really think it is a teardrop down to the next people. Would you agree with that? I actually am being just a little bit bold, projecting a Ooh. couple of guys to enter that tier one. So I'm just going to put them there now. But knowing oh, that there for, that there is a separation between Worthy and these next two guys right now, just based on, you know, Worthy's more safe because he's actually broken out. But these next two guys, between system, size, athleticism, recruit ranking, all of that, I think Emeka Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr., both Ohio State wide receivers, uh, should be near that tier one. They don't they don't have to be by any means, but for me, that's where I have them. And we can certainly start talking about them. Where do you have those two guys, John? They're, they're my next two. Um, I just have them in a very clear teardrop. But the thing is about these, and we kind of touched on it with the running backs and the QBs, but with the especially with the wide receivers, it's so much of a projection. And so, you know, you're basically just saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it hasn't happened, you know, and it's, it's really no different. I, I'm 
I have them as my next two players. I don't think it's unbelievable or crazy that they could take that next step. But being that we've already seen it from Worthy, I kind of want to make him the one. You know, <laughs> he's the one in that tier one for me at least. Uh, but, you know, it really wouldn't take much. And I know a lot of people are excited about Harrison and, and Igbuka there. Yeah, Igbuka there. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, so like I said, those are the next two for me. But I, I actually kind of want to know how you feel about it because I feel like people are kind of just giving Harrison the job. Like he's the next guy. And I really like Igbuka. <laughs> I don't know that it's a given. I, I understand that they run two different, you know, like the, they have two different styles. They are going to probably uh, be, you know, playing different positions technically as far as the wide receiver position is concerned. Um, I guess the only concern with the Igbuka would be, is he going to be on the field or is he going to be held off the field because of uh, JSN? Um, and I guess that would be the big deal. But I don't know that I really truly believe that Marvin Harrison's that much better as a talent uh, than Ibuka, and we've even seen some exciting things with. Uh, I think I had it written down here um, with Ibuka. You know, he's five star prospect, six foot one, two o three, but he had t- he averaged twenty nine yards per return last year uh, for punt returns, or you know, punt returns, kick returns, whatever it was. And uh, you know, I love seeing that kind of stuff from, you know, from my wide receivers because that shows that dynamism and everything. But then on top of that, he averaged 21.2 uh, yards per reception. And so, I mean, that just shows that explosive nature that I love with my wide receivers. Now, it was a very small sample. I think it was nine receptions or something like that. Uh, so, you know, it's nothing too crazy, but... I like I said I, I think people are or I've heard other people just saying like oh it's Marvin Harrison it's Marvin Harrison Marvin Harrison but I don't know that I f- truly feel that way what about you yeah we actually agree there so I know some people tune into the show they're like oh we got to see differing opinions they're butting heads and that's not going to happen here because I actually have a Buka number two and in that top tier again and the reason for that so you talked about like who's better ultimately I don't know I mean Mecca Buka he's more elusive. He is a better threat after the catch. He has that return versus versatility. He was a better recruit. He was a better, he was the number one prospect in the whole class. He was a top 10 player um, amongst every single position in that class last year. And very similar production. He actually had more yards, I believe, in just really four games playing as a wide receiver than Marvin Harrison had last year. So, I mean, he had uh, better production even. So I think the reason why everybody's propping up Marvin Harrison Jr. is just because he blew up at the end with the touchdowns. And I mean, people want to maybe extrapolate, say that he's going to be, excuse me, going to be that red zone threat. And he's just going to blow up like a 20 touchdown per year type of guy. And I could see that in that offense. So I don't want to discount Marvin Harrison Jr. at all. Um, I actually went on a pod not too long ago. I don't know if it dropped yet um, with uh, Kevin Bois, but we were just talking about some Ohio state recruits um, coming up and I'm like Abuka, super good. Marvin Harrison jr. Also super good. And I don't know where these other guys are going to come in because these guys should dominate as well this coming year. So I like both of them. Mecca Buka for the reasons I mentioned earlier, the elusiveness, the, I mean, he's just so hard to bring down and he does flash good hands. I see zero reason why he can't play inside and outside. And it seems like in the spring he's been playing both positions. So you alluded to um, that concern that I've also heard on podcasts that he won't get um, quite enough snaps in that offense. And I don't see that happening at all. I think they're going to play plenty of three wide receiver sets. And I also think that he can play some outside. So he flashed it very, very brief, small sample size last year. Um, I think he's going to keep it up. 
And Toronto says that I love to extrapolate from a small sample. Uh, you know, I, I used to be really bad about that. I, I try not to do it, but unfortunately with this kind of stuff, I and mean, that's all we can do. I'm not, I'm not extrapolating per se. I'm just saying, look at what he did when he did do what he did, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, and I think, you know, like one of the players that you're talking about, uh, not in this class, but is like Julian Fleming, you know, people are talking about him possibly and, and maybe a couple of the other players. You're not, a, from the looks of it, you're not a big Fleming pers- uh, person. And I'm not either. I'm just saying I when, I when I'm looking at like what, they're talking about as a team they're, they're mentioning Fleming other people you know uh, experts or whoever are mentioning Fleming and so uh, regardless you know that they have a lot of good wide receivers there they've been one of the best uh, they basically have been like wide receiver you as of late so um, very excited I'm not putting down Marvin Harrison whatsoever but I'm I mean we didn't talk about this beforehand so it's kind of cool like we did agree on it whether you guys wanted to hear uh, agreement or disagreement <laughs> we did agree on that one and that's uh, that, that is definitely pretty cool now um i have one other player in this in this tier um now remember this is tier two for me so it's, it's a little different than yours but uh i also think just by looking at some other like ranking services and stuff like that that i might be a little bit higher on this guy than uh, than a lot of people are and it's jacory brooks from alabama um i i love his profile i love like everything about it and he blew up uh, I don't want to say blew up. <laughs> he, he had like a minor breakout, I guess I'll say, uh, towards the end of the year uh, in the college playoffs. And, um, oh, you know what? I actually skipped over a player. <laughs> so never mind. But uh, yeah, so, but five star prospect, six foot two, 190. Uh, like I said, he had that kind of like mini breakout in the playoffs uh, when, especially when, uh, you know, when, when some other players went down. But even before, I think it was after um, Mechie had gone down. Uh, in the game against Cincinnati, he he had uh, the most yards. He had like 67 yards or something like that, and in, in, in a touchdown. Um, and then in the next week, he still had a you know decent amount of yards, a handful of receptions. And so he kind of showed us that he can do it, you know, when given the opportunity. And so I I do like uh, I definitely like Brooks there. Now I that's another one where people aren't really 100% sold on who's going to be the starters there, and and so on and so forth. Uh, but I definitely like uh, having Brooks there. Now, I, like I said, I, I jumped the gun, and I actually have uh, one other player uh, ahead of him, but I think I might have just moved him down, so maybe that's why. <laughs> but what do you think about Brooks before we move on to another one? Yeah, so he is actually my next guy. So if you did indeed move that other player down, then we're kind of in lockstep here. I did. Jacor- I did. Okay. Jacory Brooks is in that next tier for me, though. So I had the top couple guys, top three, and then I have Jacory Brooks. Um, still really like him a lot for the reasons that you mentioned. And I still think that he flashes nice ball skills. He's smooth. He has some of that um, fine play speed. Maybe his athletic testing in high school was it was a bit subpar, but overall I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him end up like Rashad Bateman for example so he could be in store for a really big year and people might be down on him because we're not seeing him in camp he's injured this this spring camp and then we see these transfers come in but it's like they're, they're transferring guys from Louisville and who, who weren't even studs at Louisville so I, I'm just not that concerned about yeah. Ja'Cory Brooks's job uh, being taken necessarily I do think that Jermaine Burden is the biggest competition but I mean, we've seen year after year, two wide receivers or more at Alabama can be very relevant. And Ja'Cory Brooks seems to be the most uh, experienced amongst all the guys from this class last year. And, I mean, I honestly think that 
between tape and like you said he, he um starting to break out last year and playing a pivotal role in the playoffs I think Ja'Cory Brooks is set up well. and I know we're not the only one who believes that uh, Travis May has him still as the wide receiver two in the class, last that I oh, checked. Wow. Yes, and then he was also on the same page as us with Emeka Buka too. He has Emeka higher than Marvin Harrison Jr. based on what I had listened to one of his podcasts this preseason. So we're not crazy there. Uh, I know some people wouldn't have Brooks quite this high, or at least in that tier there, but yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, and going back to Marvin Harrison real quick, um, one thing, I know, once again, very small sample, TD can make fun of me, but uh, he had the complete opposite of Igbuka. Like, he had a very low yards per reception. Like, he didn't really show much in the receiving game. Now, I know he's, like, bulked up, blown up since then, and so people are saying, like, he's ready to go and all that kind of stuff. But that's just another reason. Like, when you see what they've done, even if it isn't a small sample, like, I just, I see more exciting tendencies from uh, Igbuka and that's why I have him ahead there but uh, the player that I originally had or did you want to add to that yeah I was just gonna kind of back up what you said too I mean his longest play was 25 yards Marvin Harrison that is so I mean I I love his route running for his size so I think that's a huge draw for me is that he can actually create for himself and that's going to transition well to the NFL because if you're not a burner if you're not blazing down the field there you better be a technician out there so I, I mean, I think that he still has a promising future. So go, go ahead with your next player. It, it might be more of a David Bell than a, you know than a, you know a top 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 tier player. You know, even though as much as we love Bell, uh, but yeah. So the next player I originally had over to Corey, uh, but I've been kind of going back and forth on the two. And then once we got the news of Jordan Addison going to USC. I dropped Mario Williams down uh, to that fifth spot there. Now I still have him and Jacory in the same tier. Um, you know, obviously they're they're two com- very different like body types and, and everything like that. You have uh, Mario Williams here at five nine one eighty six. You know, definitely more of that like Elijah Moore size, you know, like that kind of thing. So uh, you know, that's not going to overly excite some people. But man, he he kind of showed out there towards the end. You know, when uh, he, he's coming from. Oklahoma, you know, with Caleb Williams, they already have that connection. And then he's already blown up in the spring game. He caught two touchdowns in the first like drive or the first, obviously not the first drive, but the first couple drives. And uh, so I think that connection is going to help. I think the offense is going to be great. We both love Caleb Williams. So I, I really do like Mario Williams. I think he can be special uh, four-star prospect. Um, but I, I Jordan Addison's better, <laughs> you know. I, you know, like I just—he's going to—he's probably going to be uh, uh, overshadowed a little bit by Addison. But Ad, uh, you had kind of touched on it uh, earlier. You know, Addison's twenty-three pick and or twenty-three uh, class, and so he'll be gone. And then you know, obviously Mario can can stand out uh, even more from there. So I, I like having him here. Uh, is that where you have Mario, or do you have somebody else ahead of him? I have him at seven. And mostly okay. because I, I dropped him one spot. So, I mean, we're fairly similar there. And that 5'9 height, so we kind of have to think about a few different things when we draft a player. It's like maybe his production is going to be great. Maybe we love the situation, maybe the ability to put out NFL players. Oklahoma's put out, you know, C.D. Lamb recently. USC's putting out Drake London, Michael Pittman. So, Amon Ross St. Brown. So, there's some reason for optimism, though there's no uh, new coaching staff there, of course. But Lincoln Riley's a good developer, regardless. But that 5'9", a lot of people are going to sink the bias into that, too. 
So I just have a hard time seeing him really rise to be one of the top, maybe two or three wide receivers in this class. That's why I have him just a little bit lower now too. He's not going to be the alpha there this season unless something crazy happens injury-wise. And I'm not exactly sure what his NFL upside is, but today you don't, in today's NFL, you don't have to be this huge wide receiver anymore. So there's a lot of reason for optimism there. He's explosive, he's quick, and he produced as a true freshman. So I really hope that they use him all over the field instead of just using him underneath because he does have that athleticism. He has good hands. Uh, He has a lot of nice traits that we look for. So Mario Williams, he's my wide receiver seven in this class. Yeah, I like it. And I get it, you know, and, and what's even more scary is that you have somebody like Wandell Robinson that, you know, was, was said he was 5'11 and now he's 5'8, you know, and, and so you, you hope to God that Mario's actually 5'9, but, you know, like I said, he, he, uh, he show he's showing a lot already in spring games. People are talking about him being exciting and, and, um, uh, you know, I think it'll be good. And, you know, I don't think that Jordan Addison coming over kills him or anything. You know, it could actually open up more for the offense. It could be really good, but I think, you know, it'll be the best for Caleb Williams there. Um, but yeah, so enough about Mario there. Uh, who do you have? I've kind of started us off with all of them. Who do you have as your next player that you had, uh, that you had above Mario here? Yeah, there's two guys I really like, but I'll start with Jojo Earl, Alabama. And another kind of short guy. So he's in that same bucket as Mario Williams there. But I think Jojo Earl has just a little bit more of what I want from a speed and playmaking ability. So we shall see if he actually breaks out this season for Alabama. Maybe his path to targets is a bit more murky. But according to spring practice, I mean, he was starting there. And I know some people got concerned. He had a couple of drops. But great wide receivers get a lot of targets and sometimes they drop some of them too. So it could just be a spring game thing. If it's a consistent pattern throughout the season, then I will actually potentially drop him in the ranks. Sure. Or that might start cutting into his playing time. But right now I love his athleticism. I love everything in his high school game. I think he's going to be able to translate that quite well to Alabama this year who needs that playmaker to take over in the slot. They lost Jamison Williams. They don't have any other slot options right now besides incoming freshmen that I really trust uh, more than Jojo Earl. So I think he's set up for a good year. Yeah. And that's who I have next is is Earl. Um, I have him at six there. Um, Now for me, it is a tear break. Uh, Let me just make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah. So for me, it's a tear break from the uh, Brooks and, and Mario Williams there, you know, and it's, it's kind of what you're talking about where you know, like, he's clearly just going to be a slot receiver. I don't see him being an outside, like having the outside, uh, part to his game, unless it's just being, you know, a speedy receiver. Um, so I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a true number one in an offense or anything like that. And I, like you said, it, it's not even a given, being that they have Burton, being that they have Brooks, being you know that they have some of these other players, that he's going to be the starter. I guess we're assuming at this point that he is. Uh, but, but like I said, I don't know that it's actually a hundred percent given. But you know, like you said, you know, it, it is Alabama, so you know he's he's probably going to get uh, drafted well if he is starting and everything. And that's why I have him here. I definitely like uh, JoJo Earl. I just think. I feel like Mari Williams could be a better player, but that doesn't mean that when it's all said and done, that he'll actually be valued higher than Earl, you know? Sure. And I think 
that Barrow Williams is a bit more safe for the reasons that you pointed out. We don't know for sure where in the pecking order Earl will be, but I also trust Alabama to put out all these wide receivers. So those guys, there's a reason they're in the same tier for me. Very, uh, very much similar aspects to their game, to their size uh, and good systems that they're going to be in. And then the other guy that I had uh, is wide receiver six in this class is Bo Collins, Clemson. And he comes in more of that alpha size, that six foot three, 205 pounds. And he actually had very nice year one production. So one of the best uh, analytically impressing wide receivers besides Worthy in this class. So he had 32 receptions, 407 yards, a couple touchdowns. And I think he had a 20 plus percent dominator rating, if I'm remembering correctly. So Good production. He's not a speedster by any means, so I have a little bit of concern there. Is he going to be like, if you remember back to Auburn, Seth Williams? You know, there's a lot of people who <laughs> liked different parts of his analytical profile, maybe his this or that, but he ended up not being that athletic and not sticking out to NFL teams. So I have right. some concerns with Bo Collins as far as translating to the NFL level, but I do think he is best of those Clemson wide receivers, but there's just a lot of competition there and there's not the best QB play right now. So who knows if that QB play is going to change this season. I can see it improving, but we don't know that for sure. So there's just a bit more risk, but he is that prototypical alpha wide receiver. We'll just have to see if he develops and really gets that nuanced ability to win all over the field. Yeah, and I guess I do see that some similarities with South South Williams, like you were saying. Um, you know, but I I will say with Collins, I mean, he technically produced probably, I mean, maybe the second best out of any of these uh, players. You know, as far as uh, produ- actual production, it might not have been overly exciting. But when you compare him to the other players on the team, uh, you know, Justin Ross, people are freaking out about Justin Ross going to uh, go, going to Kansas City right now, and I, and I get it, like. Ross should have been amazing. It's a shame, you know, but it's injury related. But Justin Ross only had like a hundred more yards than, than Bo Collins did. And he's now an NFL wide receiver that people are excited about, albeit a, a seventh or an undrafted, you know, player that, uh, you know, people are taking in like the fourth or fifth round or, or whatever. Although I have seen him go in, in some third rounds lately uh, in rookie drafts, but that just shows you. I mean, he was the second best by far, the second best player on that team as far as wide receivers. And now Justin Ross is gone. Uh, you know, I think he could take that next step. And so I have him here at, at seven, um, you know, one spot behind Earl, but in that same tier. So, I mean, I don't really feel like we're that far off. It just, you, you dropped uh, Mario a little bit lower than, than you're allowed to. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And, and that Seth Williams, I mean, don't, don't get, people or don't get fired up if you're listening to that like that's not a one-for-one comp that was just a random example of a big wide receiver that the nfl just doesn't value the same way that they used to so just a small concern but like you said analytically he's checking out and maybe teams will respect clemson wide receiver talent more than an an auburn or some of those other schools so yeah bo collins is definitely a good uh good wide receiver in this class yeah, and any and just I mean, you had talked talked about Seth Williams. I looked it up really quick, and I mean, they kind of had similar freshman years, and so that's why I was saying like it was a, a, not that you're comping the player, but it, it's kind of like a similar situation or whatever. But 
the Auburn passing game was much better, you know, in that first year for them. So like he didn't have the same market share that uh, Bo Collins had because even though he only had 400 yards, they didn't throw that much. You know, they they barely, you know, they were barely able to do anything. So uh, his market share is actually still pretty good, even though he only had the 400 yards. And like I said, it was still second best in the class as far as actual college production. Um, so from there, it's another big teardrop for me. Uh, is that for you? The same for you? Yes, it is. All right. So I have Troy Franklin next. Uh, is, is that who you got or are you, are you going so, uh, somewhere else? Yeah. So I have quite a few guys in that tier. I'm tempted to have Troy Franklin there so we can certainly talk about him. He might actually move up to that spot for me. So convince me, John, tell me why Troy Franklin is the guy here. All right. So, uh, you know, I think a, it's the size he has that, like, he has that uh, NFL size that you were talking about, the NFL covets that that people want, and so I I love the fact that I think he's isn't he six foot five, um, or no? Okay, so I was thinking he was a little bigger than he is. He's six foot two, um, so maybe he's not quite as big as I thought. But uh, I, I for some reason I was thinking that his uh, twenty four uh, seven page was saying he was six foot five, but maybe I'm, I'm thinking of a different player there. Uh, but going into Oregon, you know they're. He he kind of had some production going into year one, but you know most of these guys didn't have didn't do very much. Um, but you know he he had eighteen receptions, two hundred nine yards, like nothing nothing too crazy. But the thing is, I mean the the leading receiver on that team had five hundred and fifty seven yards. <laughs> so like once again, this isn't some high flying offense where he's going to show out with a thousand yards like an Xavier Worthy or something like that. It's just not going to happen. Um, but I, you know, I think the the uh, prospect profile is all there. He's going to be the lead wide receiver on this team, if I remember correctly. Uh, who, who was it that left? Uh, somebody left. I, I think. And there's just there's just not a lot of talent there, really. So yeah, I think maybe that's... that's what it was. I think I think somebody transferred out. I, I I remember looking it up, and somebody transferred away. So basically, he's going to be the starter there, uh, or at least one of the starters there. And I think he will be the lead wide receiver. And like I said, it's a pretty big teardrop for me, at least, uh, going from those guys like we were talking about with uh, Earl and and uh, Mario Williams and all that. But you know, here that he he'd be my next guy. What do you think? Yeah. If we're projecting like we were with some of those other guys, we should also project Troy Franklin, who was a good recruit, actually a great recruit in this class, uh, to step up as probably the number one in this offense. We we can't guarantee that. We don't know for sure, but he is running as a starter, I mean, in spring camp. So promising signs already with that new coaching staff. And if, if you go back, watch him uh, from high school and just watch what he did as a true freshman, it was pretty impressive. So he was steadily involved. He wasn't featured. Like you said, there's not going to be great counting statistics from this last season. But I think this season he could do some damage. Is he going to be one of the most prolific wide receivers in all of college football? Probably not right away with that system. It doesn't really make sense I mean, unless Bo Nix is, you know, maybe for the fourth time this is going to be Bo Nix's year, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, Troy Franklin should still carve out a healthy share in that offense, and he's going to flash those traits that the NFL wants. And 6'2", uh, he has enough height. He's a little skinny, though. He's around that 170 yeah. mark. He needs so to put a little weight on. <laughs> he does, but he actually reminds me a little bit of like that skinny wide receiver like a Devonta Smith, who is just yeah. very good despite having some of those size limitations. 
So I, I like Troy Franklin a lot. And he also has another um, teammate here who's actually a little bit further down my ranks, but potentially in the same tier, um, is Dante uh, Thornton. So Dante is- Thornton might have been who you're thinking of six foot four 185 so that's that probably is i knew somebody on that team was tall (laughs) yeah and and he's pretty decent too i mean he had 175 yards as a true freshman and he's also a guy who's been running as a starter so i mean thornton's nobody to um i guess dismiss as an option there i just don't think he's as talented as troy franklin he's not the natural athlete the the quite the same level recruit he was a good he's a very high four star recruit but thornton's maybe a little bit less of that natural um athlete yeah and i actually i mean i do have him a tier below um you know, I have a few players in between here, but, um, you know, he, he could surprise us. You know, he definitely could. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of crazy having two players, uh, you know, that you're excited about, you know, from from a team that's not going to be overly high-flying or anything. But uh, but that's just how the game goes. And now I have uh, Kanata Mumpfield as my next player. And uh, do you have him in the, in the same tier, or are you going a different direction with Kanata? So I'm pretty darn high in Kanata, but unfortunately he's going to be in the 23 class just because that was his redshirt freshman year. Oh, so it's no. like, okay. yeah, so it's one of those deals where I have him as a top 12 option, but in that 23 class. So, I mean, he would be up here for sure, but as far as, you know, who I have next year, it, it's going to be Christian Leary, actually Alabama. And I understand, you know, year one, he really didn't do anything. So I don't know if you're uh, a little bit staying away from him because of that. He's a guy who's really stepped up in camp, though. So he might be earning that wide receiver two or three role in that offense. But I know we've already talked about a bunch of wide receivers here for Bama. So you kind of have to start saying, well, are you taking all of them? Are you just taking darts or, or what? And I think Christian Larry, 5'10", 175, just great speed. I mean, he's a 4'3 guy. And his on-the-field ability, like I love the flashes that I saw this spring. I wasn't there at camp. I can't say how consistent he was or, you know, if he was with the first team every um, every set of practices. But I think that Christian Leary, he has that Alabama upside and he has all the athletic tools. He even has some decent hands. Um, I think he has a lot of the things that we should be looking for. So I would be curious if you have Leary this high. And I have a large tier here, so I could move him up and down easily, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on him. I actually don't. I, I have him uh, actually two tiers below, and I think it's just I don't I don't see him getting on the field this year. Um, and, and I just you know that's just solely based off of research and, and things. You know, it just I don't hear his name being called a lot as somebody that's going to be. And even more so, you know, like I saw him being comped uh, in his in his. Uh, prospect profile to Marquise Goodwin. And that just sounds like somebody who's just going to be, you know, the over the top guy, you know, just the, the, the deep threat, the, you know, taking the top off the, the defense kind of guy. And those never work out, (laughs) you know, the the Henry Ruggs and, you know, uh, yeah, he might be drafted. He he might get value, but it's not somebody that I probably going to want on my team, you know, that kind of thing. So unless I'm looking to flip them, I don't know. I, I could be very wrong here, but I, I that, that's why I have him so much lower than you. Yeah, that's that's very fair. And he's a guy I probably should move around. Uh, I might be jumping the gun as far as assuming that he could get on the field uh, consistently this year. It might not happen because we already talked about how Brooks, how Burden, and then probably how um, Earl or JoJo Earls 
going to play. So that's already putting him at a tough uh, disadvantage. And I think there's but... another transfer as well. Um, if I like, is there like a Luther or something? I forget, but um, yeah, regardless, uh, I, I don't know that he's going to be a full-time player, even if he, you know, can get on the field. Uh, but you know, some, once again, it's Alabama. So, you know, <laughs> I get why you have him higher. I just, I think he could be the Henry Ruggs type of Alabama and, and not, you know, the other kind, the good kind. <laughs> Uh, so the next player, and, and I'm I'm sorry about the Kanata Mumfield. I I thought I had done my due diligence there, but I I had not, and uh, apparently he was a. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess I should have probably figured it out from you know from the Mac and everything, you know that he was probably going to redshirt. But who knows? I, I was excited because he had like 800 yards, and we were talking about the production. I know it's Mac once again, but you know I, I was excited. But apparently you're more excited than I am because I I. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to talk afterward and, and see, you know, where, where we have them. Cause I have them pretty high, but um, regardless, hopefully this guy's actually a 2024 player, but I have Lorenzo styles jr. As my next guy. Um, and now is that somebody that you, you kind of looked uh, perplexed there. Is that somebody that you even have uh, notes on or am I uh, way too high here? Oh, oh yeah. I definitely have looked into him and I like Lorenzo styles. He's in that same tier for me. He's just a little bit lower, a couple spots down and that's, that's fine. I mean, he's a good recruit forced higher four star guy, top 20 wide receiver in the class. And he had that solid first year production. So I get why analytically there's interest, you know, his, he didn't really have a true freshman breakout. Sure. But he's also athletic, so he's got a lot going for him as far as starting to get on the field, opportunity ahead. Um, I I think he's fine. He's got good ball skills. I think he's versatile as well. I'm not sure exactly how he's going to do the season. I think he's going to be running as as a starter. So he could I could certainly see him moving up, and that's why he's in that same tier. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about how how excited you were about Tyler Buckner uh, on the last uh, pod. And so, you know, if, if we're hoping that Buckner's going to be good, then, you know, we, we have to assume that his receivers are going to be pretty good. And I, I like, I really do like the Lorenzo styles uh, profile and everything. I know it's not overly exciting, but like you said, I mean, he's a higher four-star prospect. Um, he did ha- you know, have decent production in, in his year one, but I mean, it's about what you see from any decent wide receiver, you know, like 350 yards receiving 14.3 yards uh, per reception, uh, only one touchdown, so you know that, that's not overly exciting. But I mean, you see, like their their stud wide receiver had you know seven touchdowns and 888 yards. <laughs> so you know like that it, once again, it wasn't like the high powered offense or anything that uh, is going to produce somebody, especially a true freshman, getting you a thousand yards or anything like that. So you know he's here at the end of the tier. Um, oh, I'm sorry, actually, he's at the beginning of the next tier. So he's he's at tier four for me. Um, he's the beginning of tier four. And, uh, but, you know, I think if Buckner is what you especially, you know, believe he's going to be, then I think he's going to have to have somebody to throw to. And so give me some styles. Yeah, that's fair. And I really like Buckner just because of the rushing ability and upside that he offers. But at the same time, he has to also throw it and be successful throwing the ball. If he's going to be a great fantasy asset and then maybe a potential NFL guy. So you're right there. Lorenzo styles is my favorite amongst the Notre Dame wide receivers being in that tier three. I still have him quite high. So I think you've convinced me to bump him up even a couple more spots into the top 10. Oh, that's what I like to hear. All right. So who do you got next? Yeah. 
there's a couple guys here from LSU that I'm really interested in. Kind of hard to parse them. Uh, it's really differentiate them. So I'm going to go Malik Neighbors here. Uh, I was going to say my next guy is an LSU player. I wanted to see if we if we had the same guy. It is. It, it is, huh? So you're not the Brian Thomas, but you're going Neighbors next. I, and I don't I, really have much differentiation myself. So, I mean, just like pulling away the curtain, peeling back the curtain, whatever it is. Um, I have Malik Neighbors in tier C, which is tier four, and uh, it's .953 is his grade. And then I have Brian Thomas in tier C at .958. So <laughs> it kind of shows you, uh, there, like you said, there's not much differenti- differentiation there. But uh, I I do, I guess, lean a little bit towards Neighbors. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so Neighbors has some good things going for him. So LSU, of course, they've been putting out NFL wide receivers for years. And this guy has the size, 6'1", 188. He has a speed. He's apparently a 4'4 guy in high school and 38-inch vertical, so he's got hops. He produced early in his freshman season, like a stud should. I mean, 400 yards as a true freshman with consistent playing time in the SEC. He was a freshman all-SEC team. Um, and then I think he's just a balanced wide receiver. I think he has good movement skills. I liked what I saw on film. So I think it's promising that he can play in the slot and outside. And he's been mostly practicing in the slot in 2022 uh, spring so far. So he could be the next wide receiver up after Boutte. If Boutte even plays, I don't know what his role is going to be in this offense this season. He's a stud. He's a great prospect. But I think after Boutte, then neighbors could certainly be that next guy until I'm not hundred percent confident in that they have some talent in that wide receiver room, but he is the guy who just slightly ahead of the rest for me. Uh, and it sounds like it's the same for you. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's the production that he's already done, you know, albeit not like amazing or anything, but they didn't have the best offense last year either, you know? And, and uh, yes, I do think the Keishon Boutte is, is a great wide receiver. I have no idea if he's coming back this year or not, you know, like you said, but um, I think that neighbors can kind of step up if he's not there, especially. And, it, you know, like it might sound like a joke, but I actually think we've talked before about Jaden Daniels and, and my love for him and, and everything. I think he's actually an upgrade from what they had last year. And so if it is him, I know it's not guaranteed to be him, but I also think that they have, uh, was it uh, Nismeyer or how the hell you say his name? Uh, you know, I think, isn't he a five-star prospect? Like, I mean, if it's him, it's probably still going to be an upgrade from, from Max Johnson. So I think that um, it, it can be like a, you know, rising tides kind of thing here and, you know, and, and be good for everybody, whether it be neighbors or, uh, or Thomas there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the fact that he's already kind of done it you know, as a true freshman, uh, I definitely like seeing that. I agree. And Thomas is close there. I mean, he's a little bit of that bigger wide receiver, six foot five, 198. He's physical. And maybe Des Bryant is a fair comp. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. He's, he's a dominant wide receiver with the great basketball background and ball skills. And he's got enough quickness and a little bit of elusiveness too. So I think pairs that physicality with some athleticism, not going to be the best athlete in the whole NFL, but he's still going to be fine there. So, <laughs> I think that, yeah, Brian Thomas very much could vie for that next wide receiver um, spot as far as being a top LSU wide receiver. Yeah. 
I mean, you, but you see it in their games from, you know, from last year, they were both on the field and, you know, Thomas was outproduced by neighbors, you know, even whether it be overall or per play, you know, whatever, it's not major differences, but I mean, you're looking at the same exact offense and one player is doing better than the other. doesn't guarantee anything, but that's why I have him slightly higher here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, especially if, if Thomas can put a little bit more bulk on that frame. I mean, he was a freshman, so I think he's 6'5", 200, 198, whatever he is. But, you know, if he can put a little bit more, maybe he can become that dominant receiver that just pushes people around, you know, with that that 6'5", frame. Um trying to see if I have anybody else here in between them. Nope. So those were the next two for me. Um, and then I have Deontay Thor- Thornton that you were talking about before, uh, directly after Brian Thomas. So um, was there anybody else in-, in between those guys that you had, or-, or was Thornton the next one for you as well? Yeah, this player I have higher than Thornton and just right after these LSU guys. And he's a former LSU wide receiver. Now enter the transfer portal, Dion Smith. I have a feeling, I don't know, I've just heard some little rumors he's going to transfer to Ole Miss. That's just, that's what I'm going to predict. And I think that's a great landing spot. And he could really eat there. He was a very good recruit. He's a top, what, top 10, top 11 recruit in the whole class. And in the games that he played in, he was very good. And he blew up in, in one game this past season. And he flashed those dominant skills that I saw out of high school. And he's a pretty solid athlete as far as he's got good agility, good elusiveness, and he has enough speed. So I love that he can be deployed all over the field. I think he's going to be a great weapon wherever he lands. It's just making me just a smidge nervous that he hasn't, you know, settled on a spot yet. Uh, he's been in the portal for a while and he was my guy coming out. So he was my favorite wide receiver at cost by far in this class mm. last year. And he actually did some good things. And I know, um, I guess you could call a friend of the show, uh, Nelly at analytics. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he's always been high on Deion Smith too. So I guess we're on the same page there. I like what his future could be just a little bit more of an unknown at this point until we know where he's going to land, what his role is going to be. Yeah. As you were talking about him, I was, I, I was trying to remember why I have him lower here. And cause I was like, I really like the prospect profile. I really like what he did, even though it's a you know, very small sample once again at LSU. Um, but he, he, he flashed some of that athleticism that you want to see from, from a wide receiver. So I'm like, why do I have him so much lower here? And then I remembered he doesn't have a team. And so, you know, um, I, so I actually have him here in, uh, in tier five, I actually have him a little bit lower than, than those other guys. But I mean, honestly, at this point, you're kind of like, you know, just grasping at straws. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I like the player. We just need to see where the hell he's going to end up. I mean, uh, you know, maybe it will be, you know, Ole Miss or or something. You know, maybe we can be, uh, you know, kind of excited for that. But, um, but yeah, like I said, I, I definitely like the player. I just kind of want to know where the hell he's going to end up. <laughs> That's right, and I'm buying, you know, the uncertainty right now, thinking that he's going to end up somewhere. Uh, that's promising and somewhere that he can start right away because I think that he could start at most programs. The only places he's not going to start is like Alabama and, and I guess there's a couple other spots where it'd be questionable. So promising future there for sure. I think the only, like the, the only major question would be like, why did he feel the need to leave? Um, was it just because of the coaching change? Uh, you know, the, the situation change, you know, QB change. I mean, there, there is a lot going on. So I guess you can't really fault him. But at the same time, if he felt like he was, uh, 
you know, that good or, or whatever, then maybe he could have just stayed and been the one, the number one, especially if, if Butte wasn't going to show up or come back. I mean, yeah. So I, I got to hit up my boy Dion on Twitter, really get the down low on what happened you do, there. Yeah. But, I need to find out why, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and also but, why haven't you signed? If you're that good, why haven't you signed somewhere else? Uh, you know, we get it. Jordan Addison wanted to make a big show of it. See who was going to give him the most money. Um, I don't think people are like throwing, throwing a bunch of cash at uh, Deion Smith <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. See, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I do think that the reason that he's disgruntled was due to the previous coaching staff. And there was some weird handling of his injury situation. So he was uh, injured. He was banged up this last season. And I don't know if it was, they wanted him to come back too soon or they held him out. It was one of those deals, I believe. And uh, yeah, yeah that, I'm seeing he only played five games last year. You know, now that you mention it. So um, yeah, there, there's probably something going on there. Like you said, whether they tried to rush him back or they said no, and he wanted to play, um, you know, he just wasn't happy about it. But like I said, there, there was so much changing there. I wouldn't really blame any player for wanting to get out of a situation with that much uh, unknown. But um, so my next player that I had in between those two was Jaden Ballard. Um, I don't know you know how you feel about the player, but going uh you know he did not do anything uh but it's ohio state you know <laughs> he did absolutely nothing but you can't blame him i mean we're talking about marvin harrison and Ibuka, you know here as uh top tier guys and they barely did anything so how can you expect somebody uh like ballard to, to really do much but it's ohio state their wide receiver you you know having him here i feel like he could be the next guy up you know, whenever that does happen. <laughs> and so, or obviously if there's an injury or, or something like that. So, you know, he also, once again, it's another player that has that size. I mean, we're, we're kind of going from like a class in this past year where everyone was five, nine, five, 10, you know, 180 pounds or whatever. And now we're kind of getting back to at least with some of these prospects, like some pretty good size. So, you know, six two, uh, 192 as a true freshman. So he could definitely, you know, grow from there. And, you know, he could end up being like a, like a, I mean, I'm not comping the players or anything, but he could end up being like a, um, AJ Brown, you know, like six two two twenty five 225 when it's all said and done, you know, if he's able to put on that kind of bulk, but, uh, but what do you think of the player? You know, are, are you okay having him up the side? So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to slam you for that by any means. And I, he's a guy that I should move up. He's more in the twenties for me. Uh, that's just because of that year one zero. And I know, you know, Debbie Dietz, who does great work at campus to he's patented um, along with some other guys there, that year one zero um, criteria. And he just didn't do anything. And if we're going to make an exception for that though, we should make it for an Ohio state wide receiver. We should definitely say there was too much talent there. I get it why he was not on the field, but at the same time, he's still fourth or fifth, probably fifth in the pecking order there. So that does concern me at Ohio State, especially when they bring in, well, at least four decent recruits in this class. So it's like, okay, that that's going to be tough. But Ballard's been running with the second team this spring. So maybe he can find himself a little bit of a niche role. And like you said, maybe an injury happens. I think it's fair if we're putting up, guys like Christian Leary from Alabama, we should also be putting up Jaden Ballard um, a little bit higher. I'm I'm not as impressed by Ballard's athleticism. I don't think the NFL is just going to fall in love because he's a four, three guy. Uh, He's, he's not, but he's well-rounded and he was a good recruit and he has the size, like you said. So he's got a lot of things going his way. He just needs to find his way onto the field at Ohio state and good players force their way into targets. So maybe he will actually, um, 
you know, do that. And honestly, his his price is pretty cheap. I could look here at C to C and see what his ADP is, but Ballard is is definitely a guy that you don't have to pay up for. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just I want a piece of that offense, you know, and that, that's really all it is. And I mean, we're, I'm literally talking about tier. Uh, five here. So, you know, like I'm not saying I'm overly excited about him, but just, you know, once I'm at that point, then there's not too many other guys that I'm getting like overly excited about. So, you know, why not take a shot at a guy that has potential and all it takes is an injury, a transfer or whatever. And next thing you know, he's a starter and you're like, Oh man, maybe I should have taken this Ohio state guy. (laughs) Right. And ADP wise, you get him for pretty cheap. So he's going 228th overall in drafts and that so that's really late and he's 82nd wide receiver off the board uh so he's definitely a guy that maybe he's, he's just slipping through the cracks could certainly be a guy alike um it sounds like you're a little bit higher on him than than me which is fine for sure yeah definitely and then i actually have another one that um Another player here, another big player. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're starting to see a theme here, which is funny because I'm usually the guy that's like, I don't care, you know, if they're five foot nine or whatever. I just want a good player. But it just seems like all a lot of these players from this class are six foot two, six foot four or whatever. Um, and it's uh, Adonai Mitchell uh, from Georgia. And I, I don't know if I butchered his name, but that's how I see it. And that's how I pronounce it. So, <laughs> uh, But he actually did produce. Uh, it's another player, 400 something yards. Uh, 14.7 yards per reception, four touchdowns as a true freshman in not an amazing offense. So um, I, I really, I really don't mind, you know, what he did. And, you know, and as far as a, a prospect, you know, three stars, not amazing, but he has the size. He already has that production. So, you know, definitely somebody that I'm considering here, you know, once again, this tier five, I'm not overly excited about, you know, really any of them, but, uh, but yeah, I, I like having him here in, in that mix. What do you think? Yeah, A.D. Mitchell, he's awesome. So if you don't want to have to worry about uh, pronouncing the name, it's A.D. is one of the things he goes by, too. And nice. Yeah, like like you said, he had a pretty good season considering the offense. And, I mean, 426 receiving yards, I'll, I'll take that out of, out of a freshman coming from Georgia. And that Georgia team is going to be losing Jermaine Burden. So the opportunity to be the alpha there is certainly for the taking. Uh Mitchell could do it. I think he flashes nice hands and he's a smooth mover. He's not a burner by any means, but he can get downfield. It's not like he was just an underneath player. And he was a guy that drew, uh, drew Christensen, one of my buddies who I play in some leagues with, we were very high on him this last off season. And that really paid off as far as yeah, he's decent. He's not skyrocketing up rankings and he's still very affordable in drafts. And I, I'm with you there. I think that's a very fair ranking. So I love that, John. That's what we love to hear. But I mean, you know, it's so tough because we're projecting so much, but I when you see when you see the production, that just makes me feel that much better about him. And yeah, he wasn't this overly exciting prospect, but you know, we've also seen that that doesn't always matter. So, you know, it, it, I'm not saying, you know, once again, tier 5 here. I'm not saying he's going to become this stud, but he very well could be the one when it's all said and done. I mean, it's definitely possible. Yeah, and he flashed ever since he uh, stepped foot on the practice field for Georgia. I mean, last spring as a true freshman, right away he was one of their best weapons on the field, and that's part of the reason I really caught on to him. I'm like, well, i got to watch this guy. This guy's interesting. And, yeah, he wasn't the greatest uh, 
recruit coming out that his high school film wasn't amazing or elite, but what he's doing at the college level, he's really shown that he's developed as a player and as an athlete overall. And that should be expected with guys who are, you know, turning 18, 19, they should still be developing in their game. So I, I like to see that. So you're not going to believe this, but my next player is six foot four. Um, <laughs> I know it, it's crazy, you know, but uh, yeah, apparently I, I have a type now. But uh, I have Caden Prather from uh, from West Virginia, six foot four, two hundred ten pounds. He's already got that that bulk, you know. He's already got that size and and, uh, and everything, you know. Not not the best profile, but I mean, it was four star, you know, like lower four star. And I mean, that's why he's probably at West Virginia and, and you know, not one of these other places, uh, one of these other you know major colleges or anything. But I just. I think that he's by far going to be the stud or the number one wide receiver on that team. And, uh, you know, give me, give me that size and, and exciting, uh, you know, like, or the exciting upside, I guess I will. I'll say. Yeah. Prather is a fair guy to rank there for sure. His production uh, should spike. I mean, he's got a new coaching staff, new system there. And then in the spring so far, he's been, uh, getting some good reviews so I do like that I just when I watch him I'm a little bit underwhelmed I I don't think that he's very well developed as a wide receiver quite yet so he needs to develop that route running and I, I kind of thought he was like a Brian Edwards type which I mean people loved Brian Edwards coming out he wasn't even a terrible prospect so if Caden yeah. Prather coming out of West Virginia is like that then that's that's an interesting player for sure and he's got the ball skills and contested catch ability that you want to see from that frame so if nothing else probably a nice c2c weapon and a potential college producer on the college side of things for sure yeah and and next i have Dion smith that we talked about before i would easily move him up once he actually has a landing spot um you know assuming that it's good and they're everything's good you know he's gonna be a starter yada 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 um but i i had kind of had them back to back uh, but from the sounds of it, you know, like, and like I said, once he has a landing spot, I would have had him higher. It's it's so hard to say, you know, where you would rank somebody that doesn't even have a team. <laughs> you know, it really is tough. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know if there's like crazy C to C leagues that draft before they even recruit and like that kind of stuff. You know, that that's kind of what it feels like right now. You know, it's like, I know I like the player. I like the recruit, but I don't even know where the hell he's going, you know? <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of leagues out there that they do draft these guys in high school who are just still trying to decide where they want to go, and yeah, it's <laughs> nerve wracking. But then you got to trust your evaluation of that player, and you know that's where I feel kind of comfortable with Deion Smith. Um, I I am gonna speak up here. You've been letting a guy fall way too far. Uh, v- v- very disrespectful. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But I I do think that Jaleel Farouk. He is my wide receiver uh, 13 in this class, wide receiver 13 in that tier three, and he's an Oklahoma wide receiver, and he flashed just a little bit this last year, and now we've seen Mario Williams, other players move on there, and I think he's going to be the clear number two, if not number one, and he's been really impressing in the spring, and I think he was a good recruit as well. He was he was recruited by teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, Penn State, et cetera. So it's Jaleel Farouk was a sought-after guy, and I don't have his testing time. I think he's a 4-4-ish type of athlete. He's quick, he's fast, and I think he's going to be a little bit more of an inside type of player, but that fits fine. There's Mims there who 
uh, does pretty well on the outside. And I think that he is a guy that I'm actually quite high on, and maybe I'm significantly higher on him than you. <laughs> but he's... I, he, yeah, you must be because I don't even have him. I don't even have him ranked. So um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's probably more just like I kind of I kind of cut off at like fifteen there for the class. <laughs> so more than you know, like he doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, you know, I did not get into every single player because at some point you feel like you just have to cut it off. <laughs> like maybe obviously you 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 feel like you need to go a little deeper there. So it's uh you know I'm not I'm not blaming you or anything. Like some of those C to C leagues get pretty crazy with 40, 50 players and. And things like that. So uh, I know I still have some work to do with some of these ranks, uh, but I've really kind of I've learned from working with the model, like what where players hit and don't hit, and like you know even like the ones that can make the NFL and won't make the NFL, like that kind of thing. And so once I start getting to that point of the draft, I just kind of stop caring because I'm like I don't even feel like you're going to make the the NFL. And I'm not even saying it about him per se. I'm just saying, like, once I start getting around that tier, I just kind of stop caring. But I'm sure there's some other prospects that I need to get into and, and still look at. And Fruk's probably one of them. Um, I, mean, I think he was a four-star prospect, you know, just looking it up here. So, you know, it's not that he's trashed or anything like that. But, um, you know, he didn't do much as a freshman. But, you know, he did He did have a high yards per reception. And you'll hear me say yards per reception over and over and over again. But I, I think it, it shows their ability, you know, it, it even if in small samples, you see the ability of these players. You know, if you have a guy that's getting 11 yards per reception, they're they're probably not going to be that great in the NFL, you know. But if you have a guy that's getting you 17 or, you know, at least 14, 15, 16, 17, yada, 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 you know, that's where you start getting a little more excited. And yards per reception is not the end-all be-all, but it is definitely one of the major stats that I look at when I'm, you know, when I'm working in my model. Yeah, and I mean, for listeners out there, maybe new to the show, we pay attention to yards per route run. I mean, yards per team pass attempt, all, all those um, all those things that we should be looking for just to see, is this player actually good? Is this player yeah. taking on a large role in their offense? And like you said, yards per reception, is he explosive? And then, you know, when the film matches up with that, that's why I like it. So opportunity-wise, recruit-wise, all that. I like Farouk. I think he's he's upside here, definitely warrants uh being talked about and there's a couple other guys that we could get into we don't necessarily have to get into every single guy in this class but it starts dropping off a little bit i, I wanted to see if you had an opinion on Aji hall um you know he's been flip-flopping <laughs> right he, he transferred out of alabama and now it's like yeah. texas oh i don't want to go to texas maybe he wants back in at texas after addison yeah. you know yeah, yeah. honestly like i it had to have just been that he thought Addison was going there, right? I mean, I mean, maybe not. Like the guy clearly has like an attitude problem or, or something. Like something's going on. Uh, I he might just be one of those guys that just you know can't help but hurt himself, and you know, and and he just seems to be like, how do you ruin? And obviously, other people have done it. Other players have done it. But like, how do you ruin the golden opportunity of playing at Alabama? Especially, this might be the most wide open that Alabama's receiving cores ever been or or in a very long time you know usually we're talking about oh well they have this guy and I mean obviously like last year you could probably have said the same thing like you know I wasn't ever high on Mechie so um you know before Jameson became Jameson you could have probably said the same thing and you know maybe it's going to be kind of a similar thing but before that Devonta Smith Jalen Waddle Jerry Judy you know Henry Ruggs even like yeah Henry Ruggs wasn't this amazing player but he was a good college player you know and so 
you know, we, we have all these players and, and now it's like, it's all wide open. We have no idea. I mean, people are penciling in Jermaine Burton, but we've already discussed in previous pods how we're not the biggest Jermaine Burton fans. Like we like him. I think he's going to be good. Uh, I don't know if he's the, the Messiah, like some people are acting just because he transferred to Alabama. And so it's all wide open and he, he left, he, you know, he, he got, whether he got kicked out, you know, whatever it was. So I mean, I just wonder, regardless of the talent level, and I know a lot of people were really excited about Ajaya Hall, whatever the hell his name is, uh, uh, Hall. <laughs> so uh, I, I just don't, I don't know if he can get out of his own way. Yeah, I'm there with you, and I'm not going to speculate whether you know he has this going on, that going on in his life, but I also just don't think that this is a good look. And like you said, he's out of a good situation there at Bama. He was set up well. He was flashing in the spring. And that just for whatever reason, maybe it's attitude, maybe it's grades, this or that, uh, just did not be able, to, was not able to take advantage of it this last season. He even got on the field when he was forced into action in um, the college playoffs and did a little bit, not a lot. And I don't know, if you want to go back to a really old podcast, maybe one of the first podcast when I broke down the when I broke down this class this last offseason I did have some concerns with him you know he was not creating space separation um, off his routes he needed to increase his route speed his play speed really and then just developing routes in general so he had a lot of technical issues coming out he had some raw traits he had his good recruit ranking he had a good frame all those things but if you don't have it up here and you don't they don't have it in here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, <laughs> but honestly, if there's other stuff going on that are distractions, they can take away from the natural talent and, and the development that he needs as a wide receiver. So I hope he ends up at Texas. He can wait behind um, a couple of guys there, maybe eventually develop. It's, it's a good landing spot, but not necessarily for fantasy purposes, just for him as maybe a player and maybe getting his head straight where he doesn't have to be the, uh, the clear number one right away, but I yeah. just don't know what's going to happen there with Hall. Well, I mean, you, you would know better than me, but you know, he, he was so highly sought after last year that I kind of wonder if, you know, people are just going to hold on to him at this point And, you know, like he, he's going to be almost impossible to get, cause you're not going to want to pay anything to, to get him, And people are going to want, maybe not the world, but a good amount to, you know, to send him away because they're going to say, oh, he's still talented. He's going to be have Quinn Ewers thrown to him, yada, yada, yada. And so I just, I, I wonder if at this point it's just like, if you have him hold, if you don't, nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. You should sell him for, you know, below what market says you should sell him for, right? You should be selling him for some of the guys we talked about there, maybe a Jalil Farouk or maybe you could, Add a little bit and grab a Brian Thomas, Malik Neighbors, Lorenzo Styles, Troy Franklin, something like that. Uh, just try to move off Ajaya Hall if if you're not just wanting to stick it out, uh, just with those red flags present. But he does have that theoretical upside for sure. But another year one zero, quote unquote year one zero guy with that lack of uh, meaningful production, essentially. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I got there. So, like I said, that was where I cut it off. Uh, you know, I, I really stopped ranking these guys. I know you said you had a, a few more. Um, we don't have to go into, like, crazy detail, but anyone else that, that gets, like, honorable mention here? No, I, I think on time we're doing pretty well, too, as far as, like, we covered a lot of guys. We went in depth. Uh, some guys are going to – or some people who are going to listen to this are like, where's Jack Beck? Uh, Bash 
LSU tight end slash wide receiver. I'm just not sure if he has an NFL upside to him. He's got decent size, so we'll see how he develops. He did have a meaningful role right away, so he could be in this conversation. I I actually was I was looking at him, and uh, the only reason why I didn't rank him is because I had him as a tight end, and I don't do tight ends in in college. So we, yeah, I uh, yeah. So I mean, I I definitely I I think I would have him right around this range. I just didn't actually include him in the in the actual model. Yeah, that's fair. I think he is going to be transitioning mostly to wide receiver. He still might play that hybrid role, but a guy I certainly consider there. And then Keetron Jackson, Arkansas wide receiver, 6'2", 205. I really think that he has a better shot of – he's not going to be Traylon Burks, right? I mean, that's just not realistic to put on anybody, but he's actually very interesting. And he's been good in the spring. I think he's a smooth mover. He's a good recruit. You know, he was recruited by LSU, Alabama, Texas, Texas A&M, et cetera. So a lot of good teams were after this kid. And I don't know, he did a little bit as a freshman. So there's been the exit of Traylon Burks. There's the exit of, there's uh, Warren and uh, Morris there. And they're all gone. So spring camp, he's a first team guy that offense should still be decent at Arkansas. So certainly a guy to take a little bit later on in the drafts. Uh, so that's just another name for the people out there. Definitely. And you know, the funny thing is before we started recording, you know, I kind of asked uh, Aaron, do we want to include, you know, tight ends or do anything like that? Just because I didn't know if we were going to be able to fill, you know, 30, 45 minutes. And here we are sitting in an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, I guess we did go pretty in depth with, uh, with some of these players, but I mean, that's, that's why you're listening. Uh, hopefully this helped you guys learn about the the 2024 class. Uh, I guess the only thing that makes sense is to dive into the 2025 class next time, huh? Yeah, no, I, I think that sounds great. And if anybody wants my thoughts on tight ends, happy to share them with you, but we don't have to go into all that today. I, I'm super, <laughs> I'm super excited though for the 2025 because it's just like everybody gets excited in the dynasty community for rookies. In the C2C and Devi community, everybody gets excited for incoming freshmen. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, the funny thing is, you know, whether it's uh, right or wrong, as my daughter creeps into the to the screen, um, I, I feel like I've actually done more work on the 2025 class than I have the 24 class. Um, you know, I probably I probably covered the, about the same amount of receivers and, or, or players, you know, when it's all said and done. But maybe I've just gotten a little more in depth of like who's actually going to start and like who has the the shot to start and you know that kind of thing. So I'm feeling pretty good about my my 25 ranks. But we'll definitely get in uh, get in another pod here pretty soon. I I want to start pumping these out. <laughs> Hold on one second, baby. I want to start pumping these out as, as often as possible. I know we're both very busy people. Aaron's a a, a very busy doctor. Uh, but I would like to uh, I'd like to start going a little more often if, if it's possible. Maybe we can try and get to the 25 class in about two weeks sound good yeah I, I would love that for sure and there's lots to talk about we can break down adp who's too high too low who's going to be a breakout you know etc so yeah I'm, I'm excited to get on here with you for sure we'll keep putting out the content and as always you know you can dm me on twitter i don't put out a lot of content on there but i'm actually coming down with my rankings so if people are interested right now i have 54 ranked in this class for the wide receivers so it's like people want some of the deep names um i I have a lot that i'm putting together i'm not sure exactly if i'm going to put it on on a patreon or what exactly i'm going to do with it but 
definitely like doing this stuff, so I might as well stay organized and I'd be happy to answer questions around there. So we'll keep putting out that content. And yeah, I think that sounds great, John. All right. So let's plan on being back in a couple of weeks. We'll get into the 2025 class and then we'll wrap it all up and, and start talking about just straight Debbie, you know, buys and sells, trade targets, things like that. I mean, um, I'm starting off my first C2C draft here pretty soon. Aaron's in the same draft, so we'll be hopefully doing that here the next couple of weeks, and that'll be exciting. We could probably even do a pod, on, you know, just talking about the, you know, what's going on with that, maybe even a couple pods. So we'll have a lot of exciting and fun talk here pretty soon. But we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I will be doing a monocle pod next week. And then we'll get back with a Debbie devotional once again. So thanks for listening. But for now, we're cashing out.